When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pod Save the Queen! Hello and welcome to this week's Pod Save the Queen. I'm Joe Forster, your host this week, and I'm joined as always by Russell Myers. Yet again, a very busy week. We're speaking about lots of royal events uh, surrounding what's going on in Ukraine. We've also got Harry at the rodeo and Prince William uh, apparently snubbing the BAFTAs. There's been lots of chat about which Russell's going to be filling us in on. So hello, Russell, how are you? I'm very well. How are you? Good, very busy. Uh, bone to pick with you before we start. Oh, I was dear. very excited to be recording in the studio this week, but you, right at the last minute, changed it because you were out and about doing royal, exciting, fun <laughs> jobs. So, you know, act by bringing us things to talk about, I'm now having to record from my bedroom again. I do apologise. I do apologise. I'm desperate to get in. I mean, we, had, we were supposed to have a meeting, I think, last week or the week before, and we were going to do it. That got cancelled, so... You know, other right. other things took took have taken precedent this week, but I um I do sympathise, and the listeners should sympathise greatly with you and Dan for having such incredible patience <laughs> with my tardiness, as uh, as as Anne Gripper will testify to. <laughs> well, I was going to say, if you wouldn't mind just putting in a word with Kensington Palace and Buckingham Palace, if they could arrange their events around <laughs> our Wednesday recording studio, I'd really appreciate it. I shall I do my to best. Use the proper studio setup with the mics. But anyway, we're going to jump straight in because there's an awful lot to talk about. Um, the first thing, obviously, we're going to talk about in quite a lot of detail today is because we've had a few royal engagements, outings, messages um, and some subtle tributes about everything that's going on in Ukraine, uh, starting with uh, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, who went to the Ukrainian Cultural Centre in Holland Park in West London yesterday to meet some volunteers who are doing some amazing work to help people who are going through unimaginable, unimaginable times. Yeah, I mean, listen, this is one of those periods where I think you know even just working within talking about the royal family doing anything it seems at the moment is just completely um just doesn't compare to what is going on um to the poor people of ukraine and every time you turn on the news or you listen to the radio it is increasingly uh such a desperate desperate situation and um, when there are royal events like this, it's it's difficult to see how they can help or how they can fit in. But, you know, it does actually shine a light on groups like this, like you just mentioned, the Ukrainian Cultural Centre in London yesterday. Certainly we've had um, Charles and Camilla over the last week or so going to the Ukrainian Catholic Church in London, also visiting some other community groups and by shining a light on what they're doing, it helps to not only raise awareness, which is one of the bedrocks of, of royal duties, I would argue, and um, not only raise awareness, but raise incredible funds. And the reason why they were there yesterday is to visit uh, the volunteers who are doing care packages to send over to Ukraine. They are in touch with people to try and get them into the country safely, of course, 
if you're following the news over here, there has been a huge political row over how um, Ukrainians fleeing war um, can even get into this country. And there's such a, a, an atmosphere at the moment about illegal immigration um, that it's really putting the spoils on opening up our doors to rescue people who are in such desperate, desperate need. And uh, I think it's very important when the royals go on these visits that they are allowed to, be, to, to speak about that, to meet the people who have either got into this country and are benefiting or are telling you about the struggles that it was for them to, to cross land, sea, borders, to, to, to get to safety. So, um, and one of the other really important aspects of this visit was to speak to representatives from the DEC, which is the Disasters Emergency Committee, which has raised just in the last couple of weeks, £120 million from British people, obviously seeing what is going on and donating money because... What else can we do at the moment? I mean, I've just been absolutely overawed by those images of the people turning up to the train stations in Berlin and France and across uh, Poland to say, you know, we've got a spare bedroom, come and stay with us to open up their doors. And, and it really hasn't been that not necessarily that easy to do that in, in the UK because of um, obviously how people can, can get here. Um, but the DEC, Save the Children, UNICEF are doing amazing, amazing work. I think we're definitely going to see some more royal involvement over the next few weeks with those charities because the, the royals have had links into, into them um, in, in recent years. And certainly Prince Charles was speaking to, um, to, to other charities last week that he's had an affiliation with. And I think that we're going to see a continuation of that um, over this awful, disastrous conflict. But um, uh, it is difficult when they go on these events. It's very em emotive. Um, I think sometimes they, they, they might struggle for the right thing to say. Uh, people may sometimes say, well, what would they know living in a palace as of speaking to uh, people who have fled war and destitution? Um, however, coming back to this shining a light on these important community groups um, is really what the job is about um and so that i think they, they did that rather well there's been an awful lot of coverage about um the subtle references i think we saw the queen meeting uh, justin trudeau during the week she had the the blue and yellow flowers in the background again i still think it's quite surprising we haven't heard from our head of state while this is raging um it's not unfamiliar for the queen to put out statement there was a huge floods in brazil recently uh, that she, she she put out um, a message through Buckingham Palace. I, I would have expected to hear from the Queen. I mean, yes, she has been ill. Um, we, we, we understand she's recovered from COVID. She's been doing engage, virtual engagements again today. And she did meet, uh, as I say, the Canadian Prime Minister during the week. But perhaps leaving it up to Prince Charles. Prince Charles has been very, very visible over the last few days and uh, a couple of weeks to, to, to reaching out to the Ukrainian community. And, and this was uh, Prince William and, and, and Kate's time to, to, to do that for themselves. So Kate wearing, uh, uh, these subtle references again, Kate, Kate wearing blue. I think from looking at the pictures, I wasn't there yesterday, but colleagues were and looking at the pictures and, and some of the footage I've seen, she, she looked very, very emotional. And of course, how is it? It's, it's almost impossible not to be emotional when you're speaking to these poor people who have um, either fled their homeland or, or are really struggling to get people back or out of the country to, to, to be with them in the UK. So I think 
unfortunately, it doesn't look like this this war, this conflict is is abating anytime soon. So it is something that the the royals will be trying to throw their weight behind um, these big emergency appeals, such as the the DEC, such as UNICEF, and, and so on. One of the things that they raised, which I think is something that all parents are struggling with at the moment, is they discussed how they're trying to talk to particularly George and Charlotte, the older two, maybe Louis as well, but to try and explain to them what's happening. And I think it was William who said, didn't he said, ads, ads have been coming home from school asking about it. They are obviously talking about it with their friends at school. And he admitted that they're having to choose their words carefully to explain what's going on. And that's, again, just that relatable side that I think lots of lots of parents are probably finding themselves in for the last you know three weeks or so. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, you're right. William saying, you know, he ha I have to choose my words carefully to explain what's going on because they're still quite young. I mean, um, I walked my daughter to nursery and the I heard these two young kids. It's the first time I'd thought about it, really. Um, I've seen various shows being discussed about how to talk to your kids um, about the war. Um, and my aunt, that, oh, but I, I know these two kids speak walking to school speaking to the dad and the dad was telling them about or trying to do his best to explain what the war was was like and of course that's so alien to um to 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 to, to young children I, I don't know I, I still don't know how you explain it you've got to try and do you pit it as good versus evil bad men good men it's it's so complex isn't it I mean it's something that um especially how old are George and Charlotte eight and seven eight and six so you've got six, yeah. yeah so you've you, you, I mean they're at the age I would assume of of being able to understand the concept of aggression and brutality and war and people not getting on and but then when how do you explain sort of the conflict and what do you even let them into because I the the the, the footage and the pictures have been so harrowing I think the um, what we're witnessing is is truly being played out by the minute, isn't it? And and certainly we've seen that in Syria as well. But there the, there just seems to be an awful lot more coverage, I would argue, at the moment um, of of any other conflict. Certainly in 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 our over the last couple of decades, I would say, I would say. I mean, I suppose that we weren't necessarily tapped in for sort of first gulf war and what have you but i, I would argue that the, the the coverage of this this conflict is is extraordinary um and i think that's what he was trying to get at you know that we are living in quite unprecedented times and and of course there is a sense i i i do i have seen there has been a certain social media backlash of correspondents saying there is surprise about this happening in europe um of course, there's been huge conflicts in the Middle East that are still raging, uh, but there is there is something about it for for Europeans. I, I I would argue that a European city like Kiev, which which may be besieged, and you're and you're seeing um, this being played out on the minute. I saw something to say it's the first war on TikTok. I mean, I, I I'm not on TikTok, but there's I'm sure there is an awful lot of coverage on social media, possibly more than ever. Um, and that's why people probably feel a bit more tapped into it. But it does seem like there is absolute wall-to-wall -wall coverage of, the, of this conflict that really hasn't happened before. I, it's, that line's really interesting. It's the first of TikTok, and it's true. And I think lots of the videos that I've seen 
teenagers speaking about a lot more because you've got teen, you know, people their same age who are in, you know, in Ukraine and they're doing TikTok videos of their life in a bunker now. Yeah. And it's just that there's that we as adults read the news, we understand it, we follow it, but younger people are seeing it not because their parents are telling them you must sit down and read the news or they're not seeing it on the 10 o'clock news. It's actually coming up in their timelines in the same way they consume everything else. But a quick point you mentioned on there that I want us to discuss properly, because as you said, it's been for the last kind of, well, last night and here has been a huge talking point. Um, But I believe you've mentioned that it's actually inaccurate, but there were some comments from Prince comment that it was widely reported that Prince William made about the kind of you know war being alien in Europe and um, yes can you tell us a bit more about what's happening? Yes okay well let's clear this up because this has uh, had shot a tremendous amount of coverage over the last 24 hours and it seems that there has been some sort of misinterpretation misquote that I I do want to clear up now at the uh, at the Ukrainian Community Centre yesterday um, Prince William was and Kate were speaking to volunteers and people were gathered and telling them their stories and, and William was, uh, was, was, was talking about how it has affected people and I thought like what we were just speaking about there about how people have felt that there is more coverage than ever how potentially it does feel a bit bizarre or more um, striking to the heart of the matter because it is in Europe this war of course, there have been wars in Europe. Um, there have been plenty of wars in the Middle East that have had huge coverage both at home and abroad. But um, let me just clear up. So, so what was reported by the Press Association, which is um, the big agency in the UK, all the, the newspapers, media organisations, both at home and abroad, would receive their copy. And I think that it was just some some sort of misinterpretation. Something was misheard. Now, the copy says, and I'm, got, I'm just going to read some out for you. It said... Um, William told them, who were the people gathered, that Britain and the rest of Europe were united behind them and spoke of the shock of seeing war on European soil. The second in line to the throne said Britons were much more used to seeing conflict in Africa and Asia, adding, and this is in quotes, it's very alien to see this in Europe. We are all behind you, close quotes. But he added like that he, like many, wanted to do more to help. We feel so useless, he said. Now, there has understandably been a huge um, outcry of emotion about this sentence that um, the second in line to the throne said Britons were much more used to seeing conflict in Africa and Asia. And I think there was some sort of misinterpretation uh, that has since been apologised for by the reporter who was there. It's often difficult to hear at these um, at these events. It's often we sometimes we don't get close enough. It's you don't you get snippets of, of sentences, and I think that um, it certainly it has been taken out of context. Prince William says everyone is horrified by what they are seeing. The news every day is almost unfathomable. For our generation, it's very alien to see this in Europe. We are all behind you. So yes, I think it, it, it rightly has caused a bit of a stir. Um, but just to, just to clear that up, I think the, the real important point of that sentence is the news every day is almost unfathomable. For our generation, it's very alien to see this in Europe. And, and, that, and that is within the context, I, I would certainly argue that. For, for our generation, we, we haven't seen wars like this. Of course, there's been wars in Chechnya, Georgia, Romania. I mean, the, the, the list goes on. Um, 
but the argument would be that they hasn't, like I said earlier, there hasn't been part of this TikTok generation, the social media um, coverage has not been the same of those wars. It's certainly not also been the same through traditional media, through the wars in Syria and Iraq and in Yemen. And so the argument, uh, I do actually agree with William, that is for our generation that are seeing this played out in newspapers. I mean, there are pages and pages and pages in every single newspaper still. The BBC News and ITV News are pretty much still doing an hour wall-to-wall -wall coverage of the main evening bulletins. There is not other, you know, uh, any other stories being covered. Um, even the lighter-hearted daytime television shows are very, very heavy on it at the moment, talking about all angles, exactly like we were just discussing about how do you speak to kids. And so for our generation, it is, it, it, it is, um, it is, I would argue, just different to see this on our doorstep. Um, and of course, you can, the, the argument can be had, of course, there have been multiple wars that have happened, but for the general populace and the amount that this is being covered, I do think that this is an absolutely extraordinary situation. Um, and, and, and that's what he was trying to, trying to, to say. So an unfortunate, misinterpretation of his words has let, led him to be accused of you know, being a, an imperialist, a, a racist, and I, I think it's got massively, massively out of hand. You mentioned earlier that at this event, obviously, Kate in particular looked very emotional, and you could see, as everyone is, I think, when reading about what's going on, that it, it she looked very upset by what was going on but also Prince Charles attended an event earlier in the week and he also looked really moved didn't he he was at St Luke's Church in Earl's Court in London he uh, did, hearing yeah. about more support work that's going on I mean again it's it's such an emotional subject that when you're listening to people and I met the Ukrainian ambassador's wife um, during the week at another event uh, which we'll come on to and my heart was breaking for her. She was in floods of tears. Um, this is the, 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 the woman who had been pictured hugging Camilla at an event last week and she, she was in tears. Camilla was holding back tears. She looked very, very emotional when she saw her again on, um, on Tuesday. And, you know, it's, um, it's, it's, of course, an impossible situation for them because such people as the, the Ukrainian volunteers who were there yesterday or the ambassador's wife or the ambassador, you know, they're, they're in safety and they're weeping for their countrymen and women who are in such dire straits at the moment. Um, and Prince Charles, he was at Holy Trinity Church, um, in a, a, sorry, St Luke's Church in Earl's Court, which is in West London. And he was speaking to, to one of the guys he was speaking to was a Ukrainian called Andrzej Koklash, who was there with his daughter, Veronica. Now, uh, Andrew was actually in the UK working at the time when it had all kicked off, when the invasion started. And he managed to get his daughter out of Kiev and they were just talking to him about the feared onslaught um, on the capital city, really telling him about the, 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 the worst case scenario of, of the, the whole country being flattened, the genocide happening. and. And Prince Charles, yeah, he did look misty-eyed. I've seen the pictures again. He did say, um, yeah, yeah, I, I, it's, it's a terrible, terribly difficult. I wish there was another way. He was asking if the church was helping. He told another woman, I just can't bear it, when she was talking about those left behind. And, of course, it is the issue of how do the royals seem like they are on a level with these people? Of course, again, from what I said earlier, 
it's their duty to go and raise the spotlight of community groups like this. So if you do read that or you listen to this podcast and you want to go onto the DEC or UNICEF or any of those other charities, other independent groups that are putting together those care boxes, that you will actually have some sort of actionable um, thing to do that you that you feel that you are helping. And and of course, there are so many ways that we, we can help. And I think that the, the, the rules have a duty to, to sort of get that message out there. So yeah, it was a really, really moving message. There was one line that really particularly stuck out for me when one woman he was speaking to asked if there was anything he could do to help her, you know, get the rest of her family over to the UK. And just that that level of kind of desperation and fear and terror is something that's just so hard to, you know, you can't even imagine. It's very, seeing it, seeing someone like Prince Charles in that circumstance is you know extremely moving yeah and, well because he he can't he can't do anything can he realistically yeah. he can't do anything and the only thing that they can do is show up to these events show solidarity i mean it's a big play for him to be saying they're talking about the what the, the we often do don't we talk about the the worlds of politics and, and royalty and they don't necessarily cross over but for him to say to 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 stand we stand shoulder to shoulder with you in solidarity the brutal russian aggression that he's been saying this time and time again over the last couple of weeks and that and that is commendable because those words get picked up and when you're um looking at the coverage about how countries and different politicians and different world leaders are are showing solidarity and support those words matter and i'm sure that prince charles recognizes that and of course, he can't help the individual, but he can try and help the greater cause. And I think that that's where the if anyone asks me, you know, what do the royal family do? And plenty of people do. Um, this is a moment where they where they can help. Um, they can visit and they can make statements and they can show solidarity. And uh, and I think I think Prince Charles has done it rather well as well. So the best of his ability over the last few days. Now, moving on to other events and other things that we've had going on in the royal family because even before these visits it had been a really you know a really busy week and you went did were you at the palace this week or were you nearby and oh. you, you got a little oh. selfie didn't you you got in trouble for some selfies I did oh my gosh I'm sorry to all our listeners and people who are tweeting me um because I had the, it was such a sunny day and I was walking from Victoria Station I walk across the mall and I walked outside Buckingham Palace towards Clarence House. And I thought, I'll take a little selfie and <laughs> I'll put it on my social media. And then everyone was going crazy saying, oh, my God, what's happening at BP? Because Russell's outside BP. Well, I'm very, very sorry to disappoint everybody. But I was at Clarence <laughs> House and, you know, it is a lovely building, but it's not as it as a, as gorgeous as Buckingham Palace looks in the sunshine, <laughs> so I do apologise. I was a, I was a, I was accused of clickbaiting people. <laughs> and anyway, me as well. I've actually written on the list when we sat down to, you know, do Russell and I have a little meeting before the podcast every week. I was like, oh, we need to talk about what you're doing at the palace. And I know. You fought me as well. It wasn't just listeners. It wasn't just you guys. I was. Well, I wasn't. I wasn't collecting too. my MBE just yet. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, sure, sure, it's in the post. But I but was there for a very interesting I very was. interesting event for International Women's Day. Indeed, I was there as a guest of WOW, Women's of the World, and um, for International Women's Day, there was 90 absolutely extraordinary women from the world. Politics, theatre, show business. Um, shall, I, shall I give you some name drops? 
Oh, yes, please. Um, okay, Emerald Fennel was there who plays Camilla in The Crown. So Camilla, and I love this because she referenced it, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. So she was coming face to face with her, as she said, her alter ego. I'm not too sure if that's the right uh, the right phrase, but it's certainly her her younger TV self. Well, um, it was, she said, I like she made the point of saying her fictional alter ego. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. very kind of very much that obviously the royal family like to point out as much as possible that Absolutely. it is very much a work of fiction but what was it she said that if she if she fell off her perch there if was I... someone that was there to take over yeah. was that right it was very I good because obviously Emerald yeah. was one of the big stars there and one of the most recognizable faces everyone wanted to speak to her and um she's very well spoken she oh, really? Well, yeah, she's, she's going to play a royal. She's she posher, I think she's posher than the royals themselves. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, she, I, she was delightful. Actually. She was funny. She was very gracious. She was talking about how, how she's met Camilla and she was a big fan of hers for everything that she's doing with her work with domestic violence victims and and, um, and welcoming people to uh, Clarence House for the Women of the World event. And so... Uh, who else was there? Angela Rayner, deputy uh, Labour leader, um, politician. There was, uh, who else was there? <gasps> Mel B from the Spice Girls, another domestic oh, violence did you campaigner. Meet the Spice Girl? I did, I did. She was oh. formidable. She, was, uh, she said she would give us three questions and then she spoke to us for about an hour. But she was very, oh. very passionate. She was, she's been recently given an MBE um, in the New Year's honours list for her work with domestic violence uh, victims because she herself is a, a survivor of domestic abuse and she's spoken quite eloquently on the subject. So it was, it was a lot of meeting of minds. There were some fantastic women from Afghanistan over um, who had been, who had, who had sought refuge in the UK and they're now living in, in London and they were there as guests of Camilla. And then, yes, Camilla did make this big speech. She said, and she said about her, if I should fall off my perch at any moment, then uh, then at least Emerald would be able to step in for me, which got quite um, quite a raucous, quite a raucous <laughs> laughter. But it was a delight to, to obviously been invited. A lot of people paying tribute to to the Queen because it's her seventieth year. I saw quite a lot of social media posts actually, not only from the Royals, certainly. Prince Charles Camilla through Clarence House and the Cambridges made special mention about the Queen on International Women's Day and about her 70 years uh, in the top job. And, um, and of course, it's Platinum Jubilee year. So there's an awful lot more celebrations to come from the Queen. But an awful lot of other people, sort of royal fans, were paying tribute to her as well. well you mentioned the briefly the, the post that the uh, Prince Charles and the Cambridges put up. And I can't remember the last time that I've seen a joint post between them, which I thought was really interesting. That okay, I know you, you talk about a lot of- Can you explain this to me? Like, how do you do it? Because I, <laughs> I thought I was a gremlin in my system. It was a joint post, was it? Yes, so you can team up with like different organizations. I think businesses use it quite a lot. Um, wow. that, you know, if you want two together. And I can't think of an example. I admit, I didn't go all the way back through. I went back a chunk, but it's just, it's, yeah, it's, I think it's a really interesting example. Obviously, you've spoken a lot and you think going forward, there's going to be a lot more joint up working. I thought this was actually a really good example about bringing that joint up message and working together onto social platforms. And it was a really lovely statement they put out, wasn't it? It was mother, grandmother, great grandmother yeah. and head of state. And the photos, they had the pictures of the pictures of the queen with all of them. There was all the, also those lovely photos of her with all the great grandchildren and um, with Prince Philip that was taken just after Trooping of the Colour, wasn't it? The one where you've got 
them sitting on the sofa with all the kids around them. Oh yeah, that's one of my favourite. That's, you know that's my. I think that's possibly my favourite. Yeah, I completely agree. I think also because it doesn't feel like a royal picture. It just feels like it feels like great great nanny and great granddad sitting on the sitting on a very comfy looking sofa with the kids around them um but the other thing actually I noticed in this one which I really liked was there was a photo of Charles um not Charles Camilla and the Queen together yes which feels like something they maybe perhaps wouldn't have done a couple of months ago but obviously since the uh session day statement it felt like an opportunity to to put the two of them together in a picture, which I thought. Yeah, was it's really a nice photo. I don't know where where it's from actually. I suppose you've done my research, but if you if you know where it's from, it looks. I don't know. It's, uh, the Queen's very smartly dressed, which she normally is, but Camilla's a bit more relaxed. But anyway, if you know where that's from, um, please let me know, and I'll maybe I'll have to find out. But it is a nice picture of them, sort of their eyes catching and them both sharing sharing a laugh. But um, yeah, that's an interesting thing. Have they done any any other? joint posts because I, I, I was saying I can't remember any but I am not sure they they might have done it way about but I don't remember one recently but it's an interesting mm. way of doing it because we it would is, have seen yeah. we would have seen two posts before you know like they would have done their separate ones but the fact they came together to do one I thought was really interesting um, yeah. and a really lovely touch and it gave it kind of a real it's it's clever from like a marketing point as well, I think, because it means that all the everyone that only follows the Cambridges on social media gets a little plug to go and see the Clarence House one. So I think it's clever and it's a good way of getting more people involved. I always wonder this, whether there's people that just follow the Cambridges or just followed the Sussexes or, you know, just Clarence House. Surely you just follow all of them. But but that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was really nice, actually, to see they always you know they, they always mention International Women's Day but it felt like because they used the opportunity of it being the Jubilee year to really really push it this year didn't they? Yeah definitely and there was uh you know this 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 wow event that is happening um on, at the weekend there are several um events going all, all over the world actually but Women of the World founder I spoke to the founder Jude Kelly who is super super passionate about you know, breaking down barriers for women making uh, all sections of society completely accessible for women not only here but abroad and they've they've taken this wow concept all over the UK all over the world and and I think um, what's the actual date I think she's been involved since about 2010 but she has been the president of WOW since 2015. So, um, and they were really, really complimentary about her. They were saying not only does, again, talking about this, what can the royals do? Well, they can really make a difference by bringing people together, getting like-minded individuals in a room and, and sharing the message. Although I think Camilla has gone like way out the box, way out her comfort zone in recently because when she's speaking about all this um, the, the, or the, the history of domestic violence and how all her work recently, that is super punchy of something that wouldn't necessarily have happened a few years ago. And she's been a leading light in that sense. And, and definitely Jude Kelly, um, the founder, was, was super complimentary of her work, as was Mel B, actually. 
Now, I'm going to use the opportunity of speaking about International Women's Day just to do a quick drop in with a fantastic woman I spoke to this week. This is Hayley Jones, who's from the Welsh jewellery company Spells of Love, who had a lovely surprise last week when she was just looking through some photos and saw that the Duchess of Cambridge wore a pair of her beautiful gold earrings for their day out to mark um, their day in Wales last week, which I know that you and Ian Vogler spoke about while I was off. Yes, we did. A quick five minutes with Hayley now. Hi Hayley, welcome to Pod Save the Queen. How are you? Hi Zoe, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Thank you for having me on. No, thank you for joining us and it's so exciting. It must have been um, quite the surprise when you saw Kate wearing your earrings. But before we get on to that, tell me a little bit more about your business, uh, which is Spells of Love, which is it you and your sister-in-law, did you say? Uh, yes, it was me on my own at first, and I've recently employed my sister-in-law four days a week, so it's still really, really small, um, but yes, yeah, slowly growing, so yeah. <laughs> so how long, when did you start? Um, I started around four or five years ago. I studied um, fashion at university, um, and then interned at a jewellery, high street jewellery retailer. Um, I then started selling and making jewellery on Etsy, um, and just absolutely loved it. Um, so yeah, the brand kind of started from there, and it's, it's still really small, but it's, it's grown from there, from Etsy. <laughs> now tell us about the day that obviously uh, we know that Kate and William were in Wales for St David's Day, and Kate was wearing that yes. beautiful green outfit, yes. wasn't she? And it was the yeah, she looked lovely. And it was the is it gold your gold twist hoops that she was wearing? Yes, correct. Yeah, gold medium twist hoops. Yeah, it was completely surreal. She's worn um, yet yeah, those and then another two items previously, but every time, yeah, it's just been so surreal. So I called my family who then called all of my family <laughs> so let everyone know. Um, so yeah my granddad who sadly passed he he saw the first items that were worn as well so he Aww. was over the moment he used to tell everyone in cafe and <laughs> um, so yeah it's been amazing it's so surreal and it's helped the business so much so I'm really really grateful but yeah she looked amazing so she amazing. really did didn't she and they really yes. caught that, that bloat you know obviously we know the hair always looks amazing but I think that yeah, I love the hoop style fabulous. on her yeah, yeah. so yes. did you have any idea that she was going to be wearing you know wearing the earrings or did you just look at the pictures as we all did and go hang on I look at those I recognize those yeah yeah I wasn't too sure as a stylist had reached out um but yeah I wasn't totally sure whether she would be wearing them or not um but yeah, I happened to see a photo of her and then I was like oh my god they're my <laughs> earrings so yeah it was absolutely amazing um yeah and I've had orders from countries which I would have never have expected would ever know about my brand um so yeah it's been really really surreal um and amazing and it's helped so much and really helped put the the brand on the map as such so yeah it's been really really amazing and what does it so what kind of feedback have you had from people I'm assuming you've had lots of comments on social media as well um yes yes there's been um yeah articles in um I think the one was Harper's Bazaar and um, yeah, a few other big magazines, which I never would have expected, would know about my brand either. It's <laughs> so been amazing. Yeah, it's been really, um, really good feedback so far and customers reaching out from the US and Canada and Japan and Hong Kong. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, it's been amazing to be in touch with so many people from so many um, yeah, different places. So yeah, it's been really, really amazing. And that must be really, you know, because we know that we know that Kate loves to wear local items if she, you know, goes to 
you know, if she goes to a different country or she's visiting yes. or she's visiting a town she loves to do, but there's still so many local jewellery brands that she could have picked. How does it feel that she selected um that she selected spells of love? Yeah, um yeah, there's it's just amazing. It's just completely surreal. Um yeah, there's no words to describe it. Really. <laughs> it's just insane. Yeah, it's just it's just been amazing. I'm really, really grateful that she's that she's worn something from my brand and it's helped so so much um and it's helped kind of grow the business um even though it's still so so small it's really really um yeah helped us so yeah I'm really really grateful (laughs) (laughs) no I can imagine it must be so excited to see those photos it must be just a real a real buzz and remind us how much the earrings cost yes they're 60 sorry (laughs) yeah they're 60 pounds fantastic so again it's I love seeing Kate in pieces that are really you know special pieces but are also actually affordable to you know it's well how much we love seeing her in all the bling and the diamonds and the ruby thing my my bank account doesn't quite stretch to you know a 45,000 (laughs) pound pair of earrings it's lovely to see her in these so just a quick thing if anyone wants to have a like find out a bit more about your business um where do they find you um, yeah, we're on www.spellsoflove.co.uk um, and we're also on Instagram at Spells of Love with an end to scroll. Um, so yeah, we're on those two at the moment and Etsy as well. <laughs> Lovely. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Hayley, and we will keep an eye out for any more of your pieces next time uh, any oh, of the royals are in Wales. Oh, thank you so much, Zoe. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Now, elsewhere in the royal family, there's lots of other things that's happened that we're going to cover quite quickly because I'm looking at the time and we've already been chatting for a while. So we obviously it's now been three weeks since uh, we had the latest news on Prince Andrew, but he seems to have we've finally seen him for the first time, haven't we? We saw him driving away from Windsor Castle. Well, yes. I mean, he's probably been keeping his head down because this uh, the the deal, this twelve million pound deal that he'd signed with Virginia Dufresne had not been signed off, and yet. This week, it has actually got the rubber stamping from Judge uh, Lewis Kaplan, who has said he's happy for the case to be closed. It has been settled. And so I'm sure Prince Andrew is breathing a huge sigh of relief, as are the rest of the royal family, that he won't be standing trial uh, in a civil trial in the United States. And, and that could have obviously been very, very embarrassing and damaging for, for all parties. So that is that is uh, that is all done and dusted. Certainly, there there may be other issues in the in the in the in the near future because Ghislaine Maxwell might be having a retrial. Will she get it? Would she decide to change her evidence if she did get a retrial? Um, would she get an appeal? Would the FBI still want to speak to Prince Andrew? There are so many variables, and we won't dwell on them now because I think we've 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 given it such massive coverage over the last few weeks, and I think. I think we will be speaking about this again in due course because of the uh, the other live investigations and the possibility of Glenn Maxwell getting a retrial. And a strong contender for sentences that two years ago I never thought I'd say, but we also had Prince Harry at the rodeo this week. We did. Well, and you know what? I'm going to clear it up because we were all saying it was a cowboy hat he was wearing. And if you haven't seen these pictures, you've got to see them. It's a, He was at a rodeo event in Fort Worth in Texas. He'd flown there from California. I'm desperate to go to Texas. It's apparently <laughs> amazing. My, fa- I've got family who live in Utah and they say it's one of the most amazing places, Texas. So I'm going to hopefully get over there I don't know when when the royal world comes down a little bit, but um, he wasn't wearing. Everybody was saying he was wearing a cowboy hat, 
But then other people were saying it was more sort of an, an Australian bushman's hat. Anyway, yeah. I don't know where he got the hat, but he had a hat. I was calling it a cowboy hat, but I was I was corrected by several people. But if you haven't seen the pictures, he didn't he didn't look like he was even having a good time. He's scowling <laughs> scowling at some photographer. Poor chap. But um, apparently this radio event's great. If you've been to it, let us know because I'd love to I'd love to chew the fat about what it's like to go to the rodeo. Maybe we'll take Pod Save the Queen on the road. Oh, that'd be great. Could you it imagine sounds... that? Yeah. <laughs> If you live in Texas and you're willing to put us up for, for the for the full, full <laughs> Texas radio, let me know. Um, but moving on, there's been there's been loads of other things happening. Obviously, we've got um, the upcoming event of the Commonwealth Day service on Monday, and who are we going to be seeing? Whether the Queen is out and about. I mean, we saw her during the the week during the week at um, meeting. The Canadian Prime Minister, who I mentioned earlier, she has done two other engagements since then. Um, actually, I think she's done three or four. She's done two, two on Tuesday. She received the High Commissioner of India and the Armenian Ambassador. And I got a notice just as we were doing this podcast, actually, that the uh, that there has been another couple today. Yes, she was meeting. Uh, we go. Oh, the Ambassador of Brunei and uh, and the Ambassador of Czech Republic. So. Virtual engagement are the order of the day at the moment for your majesty obviously she has recovered from covid she had been saying that she couldn't her mobility wasn't that great a couple of weeks ago if you remember so will we see her at the westminster abbey event on monday i think the jury is still out um and you know if she if she can't get about because she's got these mobility issues would it be that bizarre to see the queen in a wheelchair or when I mean, we've seen her with her stick and that was fairly normal and that's how she's getting about now but it's quite a walk up to the abbey i know that we've had this thing about this parking at a different place so she can walk just a few steps but if she's not having a good day then would she decide not to go i sincerely hope that she does go i don't think we're going to get com- um, confirmation possibly late tomorrow at the weekend that she's going um, but maybe she'll just have to see on the day because the Commonwealth Day service is the first time it's all got together since 2020 that's the last time we saw Harry and Meghan of course at that event and um, and you know senior roles are going to be there Charles Camilla William and Kate so on and so forth and I've been told it's going to be like a big celebration of not only the Commonwealth, but the Queen's relationship with the Commonwealth and uh, and the rest of the country and, and the world throughout her, her 70 years on the throne leading up to the Platinum Jubilee. So there is a lot to look forward to. I love Com- the Commonwealth Day service. I absolutely love. I think it's always such a it's such a nice event. It's, you know, one of the few times we get to see them all together. And if the Queen does manage to make it, I was trying to think of the last time we saw a group of them because obviously she couldn't make Remembrance Sunday service and the last one I can think of where we saw all those senior roles together was that Christmas photo call they did at Windsor didn't they yeah yes you know her kind of new royal magnificent seven there we go that was it um so hopefully you know it'd be lovely if she can make it we really hope that she can and that she's feeling up to it on the day because it's always a great event and a great opportunity to to celebrate the Commonwealth and other things that are coming out are coming up. Can you clear up for us as well? What's happened with Prince William and the BAFTAs? Yes, I can. I'll give you a quick rundown. The BAFTAs are on Sunday, the British Academy Television Awards. 
there has going to be quite a big extravaganza, I think, because it's going to be on the BBC. It is the first time since the pandemic that the um, the event is happening in person. Um, and I think, you know, people were expecting Prince William to be there. He is the president of BAFTA. He has made speeches in the past. He has gone with Kate, looking very, very glamorous. It's a black tie and amazing gowns kind of event. So I think everybody would have expected them to go. Now, this was an exclusive in our newspaper today that Prince William is now not going to go. He is going to send a video message instead. And I think people at BAFTA from, uh, from our showbiz uh, contact sources were saying that they were pretty disappointed. And of course they would have been. I think Prince William and Kate especially looking absolutely stunning, would have been a huge draw for the Academy at the event. And I think it's quite disappointing that he hasn't gone. Now, I spoke to people in the palace and they said, yeah, they did want to go, but it was a, a concept of diary clashes. Well, it's on Sunday night, so I'm not too <laughs> sure about that, to be honest with you. But I suppose we have to take them at face value. And there is a rather important tour happening next weekend that is uh, that is probably taking precedence with everybody's mind at the moment because I assume that there are still engagements being um, ratified, trying to be sorted out. So it's uh, it's there is an awful lot happening. So maybe maybe he hasn't snubbed the event as some people are putting it, but um, maybe potato potato. In terms of fun events that I think if I was royal, I'd be quite keen to go to. I think the BAFTAs would be high up there with the... Massively. With the ones you'd super be, yeah. glam. Super glam. You'd be full on like, you know, oh, would you like us to attend this one? Well, I could definitely exactly. willing to give up. More exciting than my Sunday night is probably going to be anyway. No doubt. Lovely. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Russell. And thank you to all of the listeners for tuning in. As always, we're at Podsave on Twitter and on Instagram. And until next time. Pod save the queen!